Welcome to the Wake and Rake Podcast, featuring World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and MLB journalist Danny Vietti. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Now, here's Danny and Will. Party people, what is good? Episode 5, April 8th. Happy Thursday. We're so close to Friday, people. Just hang in there. And things are opening up. Will Middlebrooks, my co-host, Danny Vietti here. Things are opening up. I live in California. I know Detroit and Michigan's not having those same uh, great feelings when it comes to COVID, but stuff is opening up and baseball's obviously here. We're seeing fans in the stands. Yeah. Good time to be alive, man. And we're a week into the season already, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So now it's, it's our job to be super critical and overreact and we would, I don't know, have fun with what's happened in six games, even though there's 156 left. (laughs) So for this episode of the podcast, uh, for this episode of the wake and break podcast, we're going to talk about factor fiction. So on one of our previous episodes, we talked about overreactions, underreactions. This is similar, but now we have a week's worth of material to talk about here. <sighs> Oakland A's, really tough start. The Cincinnati Reds are a freaking firehouse right now with, with everything they're doing offensively. Oh, the man, Cubs, bad. Cubs, <laughs> Cubs uh, their offense, they're getting out hit by nationally pitchers through a week through the season. That's not good. The Orioles and Angels are really making headlines too. Do you have any big takeaways other than those? We'll hit each of those storylines individually, but did you have anything else off the top of your head that really stuck out to you from a week? Did you say the Reds? Did you say Cincy? I sure did say Cincy. My God. Cincy is in fuego, papi. They are fun to watch. I, I, I really like what Amir Garrett came out and said, like, we want to be the bad guys or we're going to bat flip you. We're going to celebrate. And they're doing it. It's, it doesn't feel forced either. It seems real, like genuine. Uh, this is all stemming off the Cassianos, Yachty pitcher. What was his name? Woodford. I don't know. Part that guy. We all know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah. The, the, he flexing on the guy at home plate getting suspended. It's right. all coming from that. But they've been playing like that the whole season. You know, Cassianos four bombs. Naquin four bombs. Had a, like, they had a similar approach last year they just weren't able to drive people in they were one they were top five in home runs last year they were last in batting average yeah do you think that's part of part of it's their their stadium it's tiny it's a i want to see before i jump on that reds bandwagon and keep in mind i was actually higher on the reds coming into the season than a lot of other people were but before i completely jump on that bandwagon i want to see what they do on the road but what we talked about there's a hey, certain swag bar. swag travels. I can promise you that. Swag travels, but the ball doesn't always travel. Dude, they're not hitting wall scrapers. They're not. They're not. They're not. Let's Naquin. talk about it. What? Oh, go ahead, dude. Fine. Go take the floor. This is your show. I'll just <laughs> I just live here. It's fine. Yeah, this is my world. You're just living in it. <laughs> but it was, by the way, before we get into the Cincinnati Reds, we're gonna really dive into this team. The most the best offensive team in baseball right now. Special welcome to new followers. So Brooksy's been doing these giveaways, um, giving away different autograph, autograph gloves. For whatever reason, his signature has a lot of value in this. Not sport. sure why. And I and actually I haven't given away anything yet. I sent yeah. some pictures out showing the things once we hit some follower milestones. We're at like 300 something right now. The first one will go out. Well, Danny's about to tell you one's going to go out t- today, but 
they the rest of them are going to start firing out once we hit 500 750 thousand and so on i'll name it on twitter but uh, once we hit certain milestones, I'll start giving away more. I have so much crap to get rid of. I might even sign a, one of my kids and ship them out. We'll see. We'll have tons of stuff. I got bats, gloves. I don't know. Whatever you want, you can have it. Danny can sign it. I can sign it. I don't care, but you can have it. I was going to say, nobody wants my autograph. I don't know why. Not yet. I mean, Wait till you get famous on this show. My college jersey is a pretty big f-ing deal if you guys don't already know. <laughs> there you go with your dirty mouth. <laughs> So the first giveaway that Brooksy aforementioned already. So I'm going to give a trivia question this show. I'm going to hold you tight. I'm not going to give you the trivia question now. I'm going to force you to listen to this podcast first because that's just how we do it. I'm going to force you to listen to the podcast. Yeah, because they definitely can't just fast forward to the end. I mean, they can't. But anyways, we'll give you the trivia question at the end of this show. First person to slide in our DMs, either Twitter, Instagram. I don't know if you can slide on YouTube. Don't think you can. Facebook. Uh, we're across all social media platforms, TikTok. First person to slide in our DMs and give the correct answer to this trivia answer. We'll get the first giveaway from yours truly, Will Rose. That's right. And it out. if I'm you just want my autograph. All the money it takes to ship all this stuff out to you guys. If it's you fun. want my autograph, it's a very light, maybe $150 I'll charge. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Cincinnati Reds. They are the highest scoring team in Major League Baseball through one week of the season. 57 runs, which is ridiculous. Through six games. The Astros are How second, many? by the way. 50, 57 runs through six games. And keep in mind... It's these almost stats, as many as Oakland's given up. <laughs> yeah, the, the A's have gotten outscored 53-17. to 17. We'll get into Oakland. The Reds are most in baseball, 57 runs through six games. These stats are through coming into Thursday's games. The Astros are second with 45. So the Reds have scored 12 more runs than the second highest scoring team in baseball, which is outrageous. Nicholas Castellanos, four dingers. Tyler Naquin, super under the radar signing, who played his you know, beginning years with Cleveland, never was able to stay healthy. He's got four dongs. The Reds are just he's also got 13 RBIs. Brother. <sighs> yeah, no, I'm 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 yeah, they're exciting. I, the only thing that I do they sustain this for 162? Absolutely not. Um, injuries happen, slumps happen. They're hot right now. They they're pissed off right now because of the whole Cassianos thing. So they had a little fire lit under their ass. Uh, so that helps. Trust me. You. It's always nice when something like that happens during a season because it's something different and it just gets your juices flowing a little different than every other day. But let us not forget, they have Castillo, who is a Louis. Uh, is it, do you pronounce it Louis or Louis? Uh, Louis Louis Castillo. L- Louis Castillo. Okay, One, super filthy guy, a super filthy pitcher. Sonny Gray hasn't even pitched yet. Cy Young so, for the past yeah. Couple I don't. Seasons, I just. So. I don't know about their bullpen. Um, I think their offense would be okay, definitely at home. Um, but it's like, how long can they keep up this attitude, mm-hmm. this swag, this? bad boy mentality because that will be the one thing that prolongs the success because confidence is everything in baseball and if they can you, I mean they're they're making this their identity I know it's only been a week but it's their identity right now and, and they've been playing this way the whole year so this is clearly something that was talked about in spring training mm-hmm. it doesn't just all of a sudden happen like this was something that was talked about Amir Garrett is known as a guy I mean, he charged the whole team he charged a, a dugout. Remember that? So, like, hey. this guy loves to fight. He loves to be feisty. He's a closer. He throws hard. 
he does a whole rock the baby thing i don't know whatever it's cool it's it's just fun for the fans it's fun for us i just feel like they're always in the middle of something like they're always in a fight or someone's mad at them i don't know i like it it's fun there there needs to be some bad guys why not the reds every year there's one team that kind of takes a step forward and just kind of pronounces itself and catches the league on fire really Last year, it was San Diego. They bursted onto the scene with FTJ and Machado. They were swag. They were Trent Grisham. They were everything in between. This year, look, it's early. But Cincinnati, and they're already claiming this title. They said, we don't care if people don't like us. Castellanos is basically like, look, we respect you, but we're going to kick your ass too. So you got to love that firepower in a team. And you mentioned Sonny Gray hasn't pitched. I think this is really the question mark. And this is why I'm holding Pat with the Reds before I jump on that bandwagon, is their pitching has been – very mediocre. Okay. They've scored a whole lot of runs on offense. They're pitching as a 3-8-3 ERA, which is good for 13th in baseball. So they're not exactly shutting everybody out here. They're just outscoring. Right. So, but yes, but they're hitting. And I think I'm going to use that, what you just said, to bridge us to the next team I want to talk about. Well, to give you an answer, fact or fiction, I, I think it's a fact that the Reds found their identity. I don't think they're as good as they were in the first week. I'm glad you said fact or fiction, by the way. I'm a terrible, terrible host. This whole point of this episode is fact or fiction, and I completely forgot to mention that, so thank you. Yeah, I know. I thought I just wasn't listening, which is fine, too. That's more realistic. Um, So, so on Cincinnati, do I think they sustain this the whole season? No, I I think it's fiction. I don't don't think they're as good as they played. They're not five and one they're not going to win 95 games they're not going to win 90 games i think they win in the 80s low 80s i think they're above 500 is that good enough to win the nl central probably <laughs> the nl central you think who who's the best team in that division i think I it's, either, it's either the brewers or the uh cardinals why not cincinnati i it can be yeah it can be i'm not saying it can't i just i just don't think so let, let one of their big guys go down. Let Castillo go down. Let Castellanos or Naquin go down. Like they're, they look a little different. I'm not saying they could sustain this. I mean, they're numbers. Right, that's exactly. That's long. why I'm saying. Fiction. I mean, Tucker Tucker Barnhart, really good defensive catcher. He's batting 385 so far this season. So yeah. that's not going to hold itself up. All right. So but, let's go. Let's go from a team that has been absolutely smushing baseballs to a team who. Six out of their first seven games, they've had six or less hits. The Oakland A's. Oakland, man. They suck right now. They've had a tough schedule. They had Houston Astros before. They have. They have. Los Angeles Dodgers right after that. But for a team So I I, I agree the Dodgers are that good, but they should be able to play with Houston. They won the – Oakland won the division last year. Correct. And they won a playoff series. Houston has been their, like, kryptonite, though. Let's be honest. For a couple of years, they've battled. So, they've battled. Houston's Houston's very good. Um, Oakland Oak- is much better than than what they've shown. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chapman, Andrews, Piscotty, like Olson. You're not going to hold these guys down for a whole season. They're they're good players. Elvis Andrews is like one for twenty something right now, mm-hmm. or he was. I don't know, I have to check, but one or two for something. That's not going to last. He's a good player. Um, yeah, I mean they're. They finally won a game. They won an extra inning game yesterday. Um, get that monkey off their back. Like that 
like normally at the beginning of the season, you feel the pressure of, I got to get my first hit. And you, once you get that, it's like more just you roll into more because you're just, you're not worried about it. They were feeling like, dude, we might not win a game this year. <laughs> like they're not, and they weren't like, these weren't close games. They were getting their ass kicked. Right. Three to 17. That's been, they've been outscored 53 to 17. Talking about their schedule, Houston, Dodgers. Now they start a three-game set today with Houston again in Houston, which in Houston is a tough place to win. Um, and then they play the Diamondbacks. I say let's check back on Oakland like the first week of May because the first week of May, they would just be finishing up their second series with Baltimore. Um, Diamondbacks. Yeah, they have the Diamondbacks, Detroit. Minnesota Detroit. good, um, but then they had the Orioles after that. So they're scheduled. Right. So I think we look up in the I think we look up uh first week of May and they're like five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this I still think in the mix for second place with the Angels. I just don't think anybody catches Houston. I think Houston is this good all year. I do. I think it's complete fiction. I don't think for one Oh I, no, it's fiction. I I I fully agree. They're not this bad. Chris and, Bassett's not going to have a five, five, six year ring. Uh, no, they have good starting pitching. They really Ricardo, do. They don't, look, elite, they don't have elite starting pitching where you can get six hits and score two runs and expect to have a chance to win. They don't have those guys. Lozardo can possibly turn into that guy. Bassett's good at home, but you don't have Garrett Cole. You don't have Giolito. You don't have these aces, Bieber, um, that you can suck offensively and still expect to be or have a good chance to win. Mm-hmm. They need they're giving up seven and a half, eight runs a game right now and scoring one and a half. That's <laughs> you're not gonna win, you're not even gonna win 50 games that way. So they'll pick it up. They're they're a good team, and, and the Coliseum is a tough place to go play on the road. We've talked about that in the past. Um, they're gonna be just fine. Do they win the division? No. Do they, are they in the running for a wild card spot? I think so. I don't think they get it though. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have our giveaway. We'll talk some Cubs baseball. We'll talk some a little bit of Orioles, Angels as well when we return. Welcome back to the Wake and Rake podcast, continuing our fact or our fiction through the first week of the season. Let's start with Chicago. Their offense, we've known this for a while now because last year they didn't hit the ball. They relied on their starting pitching. They relied on you, Darvish. They relied on Kyle Hendricks. But the problem is you, Darvish, ain't a Cubs uniform anymore. So now they're having to rely on that weak offense i'm going to say weak because it has been weak for the past year and a half now it's been weak and through the first week of the season look again we this i'm a broken record saying this but it's a week through the season i know but national league pitchers okay pitchers can't hit a lick they're hitting 154 chicago cubs their offense they're hitting 124 okay so national league pitchers are hitting more than the chicago cubs offense that's not gonna cut it so they opened up against the the pirates mm-hmm. which it didn't look good against the Pirates. And the Pirates were talking about being one of the worst teams in the league. And then who did they play in the, the second series? Milwaukee. So they're three. Okay, three. Milwaukee's it's a good a, team. You know, they're three and three. It's Milwaukee not- has some good arms too. Mm-hmm. By the way, I wanted to make fun of Pitching Ninja. He posted uh, Devin Williams in a nasty airbender change up to Jock Peterson. But that's the same at bat. Like next pitch, he threw a fastball in the inner half and Jock hit it like 500 feet. It- <laughs> Hey, in Ninja's it's still defense, a nasty pitch. It's still a nasty pitch. In Ninja's defense, my boy Alex Fast also put that out there and said, look at this nasty changeup. And then after okay. I know he gave up. Alex time. is awesome. He's it so was good at what he does. Though. Yeah. Um, but, man, 
Last year, you know, I was looking at bounce back candidates. We were talking about this. Uh, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, their big three stunk last year. They hit like a combined average of like 210. And um, we're saying Javi Baez is going to be our bounce back, bounce back candidate. He's the most raw athleticism. Um, and we just thought he'd have a big year, but, and he still might, but his at bats looked awful the past few days. Like he's, he's swinging at pitches that, are almost hitting him. He's flailing at pitches away. And I, I'm i not hating on him because I know how hard this game is. I pin that guy a lot. I understand, like, how good pitching is. Um, and But I just don't understand how he went from what he was to – it's like he has no plan. It's like he has no approach. And he honestly looks like he's guessing. If you're swinging at fastball, fastballs that are almost hitting you in the right – like, the shoulder when you swing – you're guessing and you're worried about a breaking ball and you're, you're geared and you see it and you're like, here comes a breaking ball. And it's 95. It's your, it's your nipples. It's not, it does, it's not good. And the athleticism is there. I don't get it. I just don't understand. I wish it was different, but he just, he looks awful at the plate. This might help explain his struggles. Is it possible that this whole new era, you know, launch angle, more launch angle. You want that is, Possibly, could possibly be hindering him because 2019 he was an all-star 2018 he was an all-star all of a sudden 2019 came around his launch angle started to peak up his launch angle in 2020 was a career high 2.6 this is according to Statcast. so you he's know, launching okay, more a, and he I already a launched a little bit but even before his struggles he was already launching a little bit now he's launching even more. Let me explain. I think I know why. Um, he's He hasn't changed his swing. He's always had a swing that is on plane. It's somewhat of an uppercut swing. They used to remember when he first came out, they're like, he's got to cut down on his swing. He swings too hard. He's swinging for the fences. He's got an uppercut swing. It's like a left handed swing right side. What? It's like a left handed swing from the right side. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, and, and everyone's saying, like, oh, he's just trying to hit homers. But and then everyone came around and was like, oh, he's on playing with the baseball. This is what we're all trying to do now. Um, he hasn't changed. It's not like he's trying to lift the ball more. Pitchers to combat that swing and that swing path have to pitch up in the zone. Mm -hmm. So he's going to swing and miss more because of the up, because of velocity and spin rate and all that, which is um, important now. There's going to be a lot more swing and miss, and there's going to be a lot of more pop-ups. But the pitches up at the top of the zone, he's going to hit the bottom of the ball, which is going to create more launch angle. So that's probably what it is. I don't think he's changed his swing. I think pitchers are learning how to get guys out who swing like this now. It's a good point. Because I know you caught that interview with Martin Perez last yesterday during the Red Sox game, because I know you're doing YouTube stuff. And they asked him, they said, you're pitching up more. Is that – you're doing, or is that organization doing? He said he had a conversation with manager Alex Cora. Alex Cora pointed out to him that nobody hits him when he pitches up and in on his fastball. When he's busting right-handed hitters in, up and in, nobody touches him. So I think we're seeing, just like baseball has been for years, that they're adjusting. Okay, pitchers, when the whole launch angle thing, you know, hitters were adjusting to pitchers throwing lower in the zone. Now, pitchers are adjusting to hitters being able to hit that lower half of the zone. So now they're can pitching I, up. Can I interrupt while you're on this point? Of course. The best pitchers don't use their fastball to get people out. They use their fastball to 
get people out with their off speed. So when he pitches up and in, what's his best pitch? Change up. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now, now you're like, man, he's up and in. I got to get to that. That change up is so much nastier now and it's running away from you when you have to worry about that up and in uh, quadrant of the strike zone. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So factor fiction, the Cubs <laughs> can't hit the ball or um, are they going to turn things around? I don't think they're this bad. I do think they're bad. And I think a lot of their issues have to do with they know there could be some movement. We've talked about this as well. And this is one of the storylines I'm following in 2021 is the Cubs at the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Do they extend Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez? Do they ship a couple of them out? Jock Peterson, if he looks good, do they ship him out? He's on a one-year deal. Do the Cubs rebuild? I think they don't even know yet. They're on the fence right now. And I think they, they're able to be on the fence because of the way the the central is built. If they get hot, they could go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They could also suck and trade everyone. So it, it's a really weird year for the Cubs. So I don't know if I have a fact or fiction. fiction. In, in, in my opinion, the way they're playing baseball right now is what we're going to see for a majority of the season. I don't think... They're going to have a good year. I love David Ross. He's a great, he's going to be a great manager, but there's just some weird stuff going on over there. Um, and I think mentally guys are kind of domed up because I think they're worried about, Hey, if we don't play well, we're gone. It's the lasting effects of winning a championship. Unfortunately, you're going to have the vicious player, cycle. Yep. It's a cycle. The contracts are going to expire. You're going to have to pay. You're going to have to select who you pay and who you don't pay. Now is the time for Chicago to transition. Before we get to our giveaway question, trivia question, a couple more teams to hit on real quick. The Orioles and the Angels. The Angels, really impressive in that first series against Chicago. Mike Trout is now, I hate to say, on fire. He's just being Mike Trout. That uh, was the go. most exciting first series of the year I've seen in a while. It felt like a playoff series already, right? Oh, 100%. And then Justin Upton's hitting the ball. You got Walsh is hitting the ball. Uh, Jose Iglesias, he's even making the electric plays in the field as expected. So the Angels have been really impressive. Dylan Bundy's really been really good on the mound. Shohei was really good in his first outing. Jose Quintana, they might have enough, but they've been really impressive through the first week. That's my biggest takeaway from the first week of the season is the Angels are a legit team. And I think they could battle for not only a wild card spot, I think they could battle for an AL West division crown. Hey, I'm I'm right there with you. And I'm actually, I'm fact. I'll start it. Fact. Mm-hmm. I was like, does Dylan, if Dylan Bundy, I said this a couple of weeks ago, Dylan Bundy was their best pitcher last year. When he was Baltimore, he had a lot of issues. He had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. He, he was this huge prospect that from high school, he was throwing 100. Um, I actually faced him right when he signed. And like, I don't even know. Was it like an instructional league? Or I don't remember when it was. Like on a backfield. They just signed him. He was this little high school kid. And he was throwing fireballs, dude. Mm-hmm. He blew me up. I got a knock, but it broke my bat. Um, but anyways... He's been really good. He was really good. He was their best pitcher last year, but I was thinking oh, I was a fluke year. Did he really figure it out that much? And then he's been really good this year too. So all through spring love. training, uh, his start this year was really good. I don't remember the exact numbers, but he had like 10 strikeouts, I think. Mm-hmm. Look that Stat- up. Statcast loves Dylan Bundy. Dude, he's. I think he's figured it out. And if that's the case, that takes some pressure off of Shohei to be the guy. Mm-hmm. 
and and, and their rotation is a, is a lot better if you can have two guys that you can are going to go out there and give you a chance to win every time they're on the mound. Yeah, he already has good stuff, but his expected batting average this year already is in the 80th percentile. Jeez. His hard hit percentage, 60th percentile. So his stats, his analytics, if you will, are looking really good too. Yeah, and it's an athletic defense behind him, and then we know how good the offense is. So there's probably going to be plenty of run support too. So as a pitcher, that takes so much pressure off of you to go out and throw seven shutout innings when you can really just go throw six okay innings, give up two or three runs, and probably still leave with, with a lead. Shout out Baltimore, four and three in first oh, place in the American League East. Factor fiction, Baltimore is going to be a, not only I want to say contender, because I don't want to be ridiculous. Factor <laughs> fiction, the Baltimore Orioles are going to be competitive this year. Baltimore Orioles will still finish in last. <laughs> so uh, that's my question. That's I my answer. Hey, you know who I like, though? John Means. Dude, he is literally, he's looking for you guys who aren't, watching this on youtube he could literally show with his glove i'm throwing a change up right here guy middle middle and he's gonna get a swing and miss that's how i was with jeremy hellickson mm-hmm. jeremy hellickson was in uh tampa with uh james shields when they all with the righty on righty change up started being like a big deal and um jeremy hellickson could literally tell me hey bud i'm throwing change up here <laughs> i could not hit it bro Nobody struck you out more in, in baseball than Jeremy Hellickson. And your career, I knew that too. Yeah. When you asked me that, I knew that trivia question because I when he was on the mound, I'd be like, I look at the manager, and be like, why the f am I in the lineup today? <laughs> like, I don't I'm not taking a bat up there. I'm gonna take my approach today is four before three. Maybe he throws four balls before three strikes. That's my only chance. I actually got a hit off him. I was in San Diego, he was playing for the Diamondbacks, I think. He, for some reason, I'm up there and I'm like clearly sitting like I'm sitting fastball because I'm like, I can't sit change up because I know I can't hit it anyways. And he threw me a first pitch, like big breaking ball. And I was like, holy shit, here's my chance. And I hit it off the wall. I thought I clipped him. It hit the wall, ended up being a double. But that was my only hit against him, I'm pretty sure. You got it once. But John Means, sorry, Baltimore. I went off the rails there for a second. Talking about how terrible I was. Hellickson pitched in Baltimore. That bit. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. But John Means, man, I really enjoyed watching his changeup. And I talked to uh, Alex Fast today because we were talking. Uh, he posted something about a stat. I wasn't sure what the stat was. And I asked him because I, ne- I didn't really know what CSW called strike plus whiff. Okay. Okay. So, oh, I said, is CF- CSW called strike plus whiff? He said, it's called strikes plus whiff uh, total pitches. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I thought it was whiffs on pitches in the zone, which it's not. It's like a combination of percentages of called strikes and whiffs. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not a stat guy. But then I was like, man, whiffs on pitches in the zone would be a cool stat because it shows like how like deceptive a guy is. And then we started talking about John Means. I was like, he was literally throwing his change up right down the middle against the Red Sox. And, and they, they weren't even fouling it off. So I was like, that's got to be a really deceptive pitch. And I wonder if that's a stat. He said it was. I don't know. We'd have to dig deeper into that. But that was my one standout for for them was how well he pitched. What if I told you that John Means doesn't even have the best changeup on the Baltimore Orioles? Have you oh, seen? Oh, dude, it's the righty. It's the righty. Yeah. I saw, closer. Great I saw it yesterday. Was it yesterday? Against New York? Yeah. 
four straight yes four straight whiffs two strikeouts and it's nasty yeah. and he throws a circle change you know who he oh. reminds me of he reminds me of uh dolis who his last name's dolis he pitches for the blue jays in their bullpen he throws fuego hard okay. two-seamer good change up he just like doesn't throw enough strikes to be effective mm-hmm. anyways yes he has a he has really good stuff he just needs to uh, stay in the zone a little bit more and it'd be a lot more effective. Really cool story too, before we wrap up here. So Valdez pitched five plus years in the Mexican league. So he made, he was drafted in 2005. Like it's wow. 2021. He was drafted in 2005. He made an That's cool, man. With Toronto like a few years later, but then he got cut by four different teams. So then he went over to the Mexican league, pitched a few years, went over to China Pitched a couple seasons. I knew he was overseas. The Mexican League pitched a couple more seasons. Then he bounced around with some minor league teams. And now he's the closer for Baltimore. That makes me have so much respect for him. That's so hard. Really cool. That's such a, that's like a true grinder. He's playing all over the world just to find himself back in the show. He's 36 years old. He probably spent 10 years of him being away from Major League Baseball just working on that changeup. And now it's the changeup's filled. Putting in good use. It reminds me of Fernando Rodney a little bit too. Ooh, yes. That's a really, really That's good a good comp. comp. Really good comp. Thank you so much for joining us. Our giveaway time right now. I was about to say, don't forget to ask the question. I would never. I would never. Our giveaway time. If you want to give away, what, what are you going to give away, Brooksy? Do you know yet? Gloves, signed baseballs. Do we know what we're giving away here? Is it a we're going to go. Signed card. Signed baseball card, Boston Strong, which is legit. If you're not watching on YouTube. And it's me flying. So um, it, it's like me laying out diving for a ball. And I uh, signed it. And yeah, hashtag Boston Strong on it, which I don't know. It's pretty cool. Nice little Very piece cool. card. Cool. Yeah. If you want a signed Will Middlebrook's baseball card, his favorite baseball card of himself, Boston Strong, if you want that in your trophy room, you got to answer this trivia question correctly. And the first person to give us the correct answer in our DMs may be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever it may be. First person to tell us the correct answer will get this signed card. Coors Field is going to host the 2021 MLB All-Star Game. What year? We need to add a level to this. It, It needs to be tougher than what year. It needs to go ahead. I'll add the second part of the question. Okay, what year? So this is, will be the second time that Coors Field has hosted the All-Star Game. What year did they host it the first time? And who was the MVP of the All-Star Game? I like that. So what year did Coors Field first host the MLB All-Star Game, and who was the MVP of that game? You tell us the correct answer. You get a signed Will Middlebrook's baseball card. It's pretty sweet. All right, people. We'll see you in a couple days.